just me talking. Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to each and every one of you, wherever you are listening in this world. Welcome to a special session of This R. Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network Programming. Today we're introducing a new host and a new program. The name of the program is What's Really Going On with CMO. And we're going to have an up-close-and-personal talk with her about what she wants to do with her program, where she sees it going. Um, And this is one of the Focus After Dark presentations. So we're going to jump right into that as soon as our intro music stops playing. So relax, sit down, and get ready to enjoy the program. We will be with you again in a few moments. Well, I hope that you're all getting in a comfortable position for this Palm Sunday. We, as I said, this is a very special program, so I want you to sit back and listen a while because many of us are stuck in the homes right now. We can't go out. Um, And as I said earlier, we will be evolving. So again, I want to welcome CMO to our program and hopefully to our Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network family. But um, I want to give you some insights. We're going to talk about who she is and where her program will be going. Again, this is for the Focus After Dark segment, again, which will be adult conversations about things that matter. So with that said, we're going to jump right into our program and welcome Seymour, a.k.a. Simo, to the Healing Through Her Dialogue Radio Network. So good morning, ma'am. How are you? Good morning, and I thank you for having me on this Palm Sunday. I'm excited to be here and talk about um, what we have coming up soon. 
So we're going to jump right into this right now and um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what inspired you to start your program and where you'd like to see it go. Okay, I am um, C. Moore. Um, I am originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I have spent most of my adult life traveling um, with the military, and then after I got out of the military, I became an educator. Um, In interacting with people all over the world, it got me thinking about uh, relationships, how people interact with each other. Um, And being in relationships myself and then getting out of relationships and just looking at how people view relationships differently got me interested in just, you know, talking to people about how they navigate relationships. What's the perfect relationship for them? What do you think the most traits are for a partner? Um, And in talking to to different people in different places, because I used to travel a lot. Um, I would see um, the way, like I said, people interact with each other in relationships. Um, So on my show, I'll be talking about alternative lifestyles and what's the normal for some people. What you or I may view as a normal relationship, somebody else would not even think of it. Some people don't believe in, like, monogamy at all. Um, It's just not, even though they're together, They would never have a monogamous relationship. They have outside relationships or things like this. Um, What what we consider cheating, they they may not consider cheating. So we'll be talking about, just like I said, all different kinds of relationships, um, polyamorous relationships, swing lifestyles, and things like that. And, of course, just regular normal or what I view to be normal. Everybody else might, you know, view normal relationships, but um, the way I view it or the way others may view it. So that's basically um, what the show will be focused on. So let me ask you this. Will you be, um, is it just for relationships? Will it be like same-sex relationships? Will it be um, alternative lifestyles, alternative living where people are um, um, transgendered, um, what they go through in life and dealing with uh, society nowadays with um, the current regime pushing the fact that, you know, uh, gays or transgender people have no place in society and in the world. Will you be welcoming guests to talk about those types of lifestyles as well? Yes, I will. And I'm glad you asked that question. I have a very good friend of mine who is transgender. Um, and, of course, she, uh, she, uh, she's a female now. She was born male. Um, mm-hmm. and she, she actually, she's, she's a teacher friend of mine. Um, and she, you know, she, she's from Alabama. Um, and Alabama, of course, if you're, if she's, she's black, um, she's black and transgender. And so she, she, um, she had a really hard time in the beginning cause she's from Alabama, like I said. So it's already, you know, a lot of racism there anyway. And then on top of that, you're a transgender male. You see what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, right. we'll be talking to people like gay, straight, um, all those uh, relationships. Um, nobody's excluded. Um, we want to hear their stories, too. And I'm glad you asked that question. Yes, we will be covering all that. 
Wow, and this is what, um, you know, a few weeks ago on our Focus Females Global Chat Cafe show, I had announced that we will be bringing up, uh, we will be starting or evolving into Focus After Dark, which is more adult conversation. And I'm so glad that at that time you were emerging with your program. And then it just dawned on me, I said, this is a no-brainer because, if you already doing late night and was that you or me? I heard feedback. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. 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 It's a it's a little bit better now. Okay. Um, I was hearing my own voice coming back and I had to make sure it wasn't on this end, so um but yeah, one of the things that I love about what you're doing is that in these times that we're living in, so many people are turning their backs on family members. You have family members killing their children, parents killing their children, because they uh, let them know that they have a different lifestyle, or that they're gay, or they want to, they feel as though they're different sex living in their bodies and things of that nature. And um, there's so many people out here who are attacking people who have alternative lifestyles, and I think that your show would be a great place to give them a voice at this point because so many people feel as though they're alone right now and that they don't have a voice, and I would love to hear the program with your colleague and friend um, to share her story about her journey and her experiences because so many of us, we have no idea. We're on the outside looking in. I'm very much a professional in all of my fields, but I haven't walked in those shoes, so I can only take it but so far. So your program is giving uh, the world a chance to hear because, you, as you said, you traveled all over the place, and other countries, they don't take kindly to these types of lifestyles at all. And some places, you know, it's, it's pretty much a death sentence while others, you know, they could be jailed or ridiculed or disowned by family. And it's good to put that voice and face to this emerging issue because nowadays it's so many people out there who are afraid to be who they are because of how society is now making them targets for any and everything. Yes, that's true. And and the interest, the interesting thing about that is some countries are 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 pretty okay with it. It just depends. If you go to mi- Middle Eastern countries, not so much. But if you go to like Euro- European countries, they you know it's not so much frowned upon. But like you said, some countries they are put to death for being if it's found out within the family that they are gay or something, they could be possibly put to death. Um, just because they have a different way of thinking. But what I found out, you know, just traveling around the world, a lot of people, what they don't understand, you know, it's hard for them to just fathom certain things in their mind because they don't understand it. So that's why I think this show, too, will help people to hear these people's story, and they will probably look at it, you know, a little bit differently. Um, Because who are we to judge how someone else lives their life? You know, we, we, we can't judge others for them just having a different way of thinking. And if it makes them happy, it makes them happy. Um, And I say, you know, 
if you know if they they like it, I love it for them. If if they're happy doing that, then you know who are we to judge? But that's why I, I think it's important to get their um, side of the story. You know what made them change and and all these things. So we'll get to hear all these stories. Um, and like I said, right. I, I know people that are gay, straight, um, and you know. It, we all get along great. You, it, I, I understand because I've, I've talked to them because I've asked them, you know, what, what would make you just wake up one day and say this? So I think when people get to hear their stories, they'll they'll understand a lot better. Right. So I'm excited about it and I'm looking forward to it because, um, again, like I said, in this current times that we're living in, there are so many people who – have lost their voices who are afraid of being who they are. So I I welcome what you're doing, and I welcome the fact that you are about to open up a floodgate for people who don't have a voice right now, and I am so excited about that, and I want to thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, when you decided to venture into this, and I know most people, there's a a, a real um, deep-seated reason that that sent them to um, to make decisions that we make. Uh, did you just uh, just a little bit more about it? Did you just wake up and say, "I think I want to go into radio," or or was it more of a um, what do you call it? Or something like you saw what your friend was going through. Was that the catalyst, so to speak, it, or it was it the fact? Of... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead, please. I was gonna say it. It it was just because I've met so many different people from so many walks of life, and and you know people are just different, and I just. You know, my friend, I'm, I'm going to go back to, to her, my, my transgender friend. She would always reach out to me. And I had I had really only known her at that time when she would just reach out to me to talk. Um, and, and I had only probably known her at that point about a year. She was teaching at, at the school I was teaching at. And she said, I just feel like I can talk to you. She said, you're always nice to me. You don't look at me in the, any differently, and other people do. And she just and, – and, and I talked to her, and we like I said, we've been friends probably now about seven or eight years. Um, and I just meet people, and for some reason people just feel comfortable talking to me. And so I just thought that me listening to them, I understand and, and kind of, you know um, – not in judgment, but I just, I just looked at them and, and I just like to hear people express themselves. And when people don't understand, I just think it's important for people to hear their side of the story or how they feel or, you know what I mean? I just I just think when people understand, they they have more compassion towards others when when they understand, right. you know, their journeys. Um, and so that, that kind of got me into it. And I said, what what what's a good way? to get their voices heard, not just, you know, talking to me, but just for others all over the place than radio or just like something where they can be, um, just where their voices can be heard. That's, that's really what, what got me into it. And then, um, and I know 
people being in the military too is where I really found out that, and I know that you know adultery and all that is is pretty much um, against the law in the military. But being in the military, and and well, there's a lot of alternative lifestyles within the military that people don't realize, um, and that's where I saw it too. <laughs> And I met people that were in those lifestyles, so that's kind of, you know, I just I just wanted to get it out there. Right, and I think you brought up something that people don't really, again, another topic people don't think about, um, what goes on in the military. And I don't know how deeply you can get into that, but we all know that they yeah. have the don't 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 ask, don't tell, or something like that. Don't tell, don't ask, whatever it is going on, yeah. but. That's just one small part of the bigger picture because you have people who are far away from home. Some haven't come home in years. You have people who are stuck on carriers and all types of um, submarines and things in small quarters. And um, with the introduction, too, of women in the military, um, I see that there's a lot of jobs that are always open for the advocates, for people who have been assaulted and things like that in the military. Um, so, again, this show just opens up so many um, – it opens up the floodgates to so many things that people are not aware of. And for those who are experiencing it, they will be able to have a voice now to share their stories in um, confidentiality and without having to say who they are if they don't choose to do so. And I believe that um, in these times, like I said, your program and the title itself, what's really going on, it means a lot because that's a question that so many people have, but they don't know where to go to ask. So you are about to provide that um, venue for people to get the information because education is paramount, yet ignorance is bliss for so many yeah. people. And now so many people have this bandwagon effect where they like, hate the gays, hate the gays, hate the gays. You know, now they have these concentration camps of sort where they're putting all of the illegal immigrants trying to come across the border. And um, they're crying out and uh would that even be, would you be open to that too, talking to family members of these people who they know are in these camps that they cannot get out and they won't even let them go home? And with the pandemic now, they're at a standstill. But I was reading an article this morning about people there saying, please don't let us die in these cages. You know, let us go. Let us, where are they going to go? You know, I believe that this regime could figure out a way to see if, their country would allow them back across the border or wherever they're going to let them go. But something needs to be done. So, um, Oh, my goodness. I you know what? You saying that, I hadn't even thought about. These, the people are still out there um, locked up, I'm assuming, and mm -hmm. with this pandemic going on, oh, my goodness, you're right. What are they doing mm -hmm. about some of the people there? Because it's no way that they've separated them. Um. Oh no! To keep them safe, it's no way. And and you're yep. right. Without the families, they can't come in contact with them because, of course, you can't even go in hospitals or or anything right now. So to visit right. family. So yeah, you that that's a really good point too. And I'm gonna have to get some information on that now that I think about it because, wow, 
then these are modern day concentration camps right in the United States. That's crazy. Right. That's right. Crazy. And and if if they haven't if it's not spreading yet, it may very well get there. And then what are they going to do? You know, this world has changed in these short few years. We have gone oh my gosh, several decades backwards. Yes. And are. We are living in times, and this alone is going to change the fabric of this country. Now, you know, a lot of people here, they go into this thing where they quickly forget in this country, and most people will go back to their old ways again. When he did that furlough last year, or year before last, whichever year it was, and all the feds were out, they didn't learn from that, that they needed to learn how to budget their money better and maybe downscale so that they're not left out there trying to go to food banks and not being having enough savings where they can survive without needing that type of help. And people yeah. said, well, you get paid in the end, but they didn't have the pay when they needed to. And it's amazing to me how many people are living from paycheck to paycheck. You hear people say that all the time. But this is a clear shot sign and proof that they're actually doing that. So, um, and we have the people who now between the children and those who are being abused, whether it be significant others or children, they're locked in homes with abusers. Um, Wow, I'm just thinking in my head, because, you know, it's what I do. I produce things. I'm a producer. I like to create things. And I'm thinking... I'm sitting here looking at what's really going on and thinking, oh, my gosh, this show could bring so much to light. You could be right. that beacon. Oh, my gosh, there's so many things. And like you said, something you hadn't even thought about. Me sitting right. here, even though right now we're sitting here and we're talking, I'm sitting here thinking in the mind of a listener what I would want to hear. So I believe that that's one of the things that we would promote is, hey, tell us what you want to know, what's going on. What do you? What right. are the things that you want to hear about? And, and, and me listening to the news daily, I'm saying in my mind, what is really going on? This is not accurate. <laughs> this is not the truth. Right. And I know other people are probably saying the exact same thing. So that's why I try to find people who really know factual information who's going to give us what's, what's really going on because we're not really getting it. Sometimes we do in the media, but most times it's, it's not the case. It's not the case. Right. And that is so true. And I, I just think that, you know, this is a good place to, for even our network to evolve, where I'm the realist in the bunch regardless. I tell people, I'm going to tell you what I know you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And even mm-hmm. on our Saturday morning show, you know, we have one of our panelists who is the person that preaches love, 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 love. And I said, I'm not going to preach love, 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 because some people you need to let go. Love has no place mm-hmm. anymore. And, you know, I think that some of the topics that you're going to be hitting is dealing. I know I listened to one of your shows, your prior shows, and the gentleman that was on, from what I got, he had been hurt by his former partner who had cheated on him and he went out and got involved with, you know, an alternate lifestyle threesomes and things like that. But more from what I heard from his pain was the fact that he did it out of the fact that he was so hurt by what she did. And um, one of the questions that I wanted to hear from him 
was, well, are you doing this? How does this hurt her because of what you're doing? And if this is something that you're doing thinking that somehow it's going to be a retaliation against her, you know, and I know that, I know that he said that um, he was into that lifestyle, but what I, I was more curious to see was that something that he, you know, when he was in the middle of it, did he learn to, I don't know whether he said if he learned to love it, if he learned to make it because he got out of it. So it doesn't appear that it was something that he found very appealing where he wanted it to be long-term. And what, you know, what I really want to know what's going on or what I'd like to know is what was really going on in his head when he was out there with this couple or whomever he was with living this lifestyle um, doing whatever they were doing. I told people back in my heyday, you know, I had no problem telling people I was into the dominatrix thing and all of that. I had my whips and all the whole nine yards. And it's like, people, in order for me to be transparent, I have to tell people about this. I had a cousin who I had on my show. She wrote a book. This is family, you know, and she was addicted to pornography. And it's like, oh, heaven forbid, you know, I'm like, oh, if some of you other older family members are listening, you may want to turn this off. You know, you don't support me any other time. This may be one of them shows where you don't want to hear the truth about what's going on. But we don't know what's going on in our own families. And, you know, right. I find it quite amazing. Again, we're going back to what's really going on. Um, right. And I think that it would be interesting to, uh, right. and I but could that... probably uh, refer you to her so that she, she could even come back and tell you about that on your program. Um, right. Because it's, But it's, that guy, it's... the guy you were talking about, the, the guy that was on that previous show, now I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard the part. Now he he the guy that guy he started out, I guess him and his his, his uh, the person he was with at the time he said she wasn't really giving him attention like he wanted um, emotionally. Right. So he right. started yeah, texting I remember that. back and forth with the girl, and it was, he right. didn't have anything physical with her. It was just texting back and forth, um, and right. then she found out and she started dating someone else and so right that's what that's what hurt him and he said he just went to a to a party and and these people he was like well this this guy's wife is really flirting with me with him standing right, right. there and that's how he got into the lifestyle um but it would my other question with for him was because we we had ran out of time but we still talked a little bit after and the question i had for him was um emotionally you don't get emotionally tied up to these people when you're, you know, when you're going out and having these adventures with them. Um, and he and he said for the most part when he was with a couple, it was just they would, he would have, uh, they call them, what is it, cuckold couple, uh, where the husband would just be there and he would be with the wife and that would be it. Once they're done, they're done. And then goes on about his business. And I, I just found that. I said, so. You don't get, you don't ever get any feelings or, or anything for these people. Um, but that's that's another show. He's supposed to come back and talk to me more. And I'm waiting so, to hear that. And um, <laughs> wow. But like uh, I said, yeah. I've talked to couples who have been in it for twenty to over twenty years. These are older people in their sixties, and they still they are still doing it. So I just I was like, wow, that's a long time. 
That's a long time. That is a long time. And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. and again, each of us has our stories and our heydays or whatever we did. But to see the people who are still in that realm or world um, is fascinating to me. You're in your 60s and you're still doing the same thing. At some point, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what's really going on here? Why are you still together if you just want to be free birds and do this? Is it a financial thing? Is it a, um, is it a uh, uh, what do they call it? You're just um, together for show, for public showing, you know, to make it, uh, right. keeping up appearances is what I call it. Um, and if it's, um, it's advantageous to stay together because you're a power couple and things like that, and do they ever... Right get concerned about the wrong person infiltrating their world and then trying to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, blackmail them to say, well, hey, I know what you're doing right. and I did this and that, if, you know. Yeah. These and believe are questions it or not, that I have. Right, and believe it or not, just like you said, are they a power couple? Most of these people, believe it or not, they are doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. judges, people like that. Um, I mean, of course, then you have you you have just regular, you know, people doing it, too. Um, it could be the bus driver at your school. They could be in the lifestyle, too. But the thing is, um, when you look at them on the outside, most of them, like you said, you would think it's just because you would see them posting pictures on Instagram or Facebook of family vacations and all this kind of stuff, and they look super happy. Um, but they have this other life that they live, you know, outside of that. They and then, like you said, mm-hmm. putting on up appearances. You you got the whole happy family, but then on the weekend they're going to these clubs in the next town or in their town, or they have parties, right. house parties, all kinds of stuff where these people interact. Um, and like mm-hmm. I said, when I have the next show, it's a couple. They're in their sixties. Then of course I have the guy Timothy who was on the last show. Um, it's it's amazing. And then you you know people will be able to call in and ask them questions. But it's it's just so many different um, lifestyles. And like you said, you know, my question was, well, why stay married? Why wouldn't you just, you know, go and do what you want to do and you guys just meet up occasionally if you want to, if that's the case? Why do you, why are you, you know, you're still married, but you're entertaining these people for all these years. What is, what is, what is that? What is the point in that? But they, right. you know, they explain it and 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 help you to understand better. Um, but it's 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 couples. Believe it or not, that that lifestyle is 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 everywhere. It's almost a normal oh, yeah. thing because it's so many people out there to do it. You just don't know they're doing it. So right, it's 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 interesting, really. Right, and I can I can tell you this from prior experience that. A lot of people, when you said doctors and lawyers, there's also people in the government officials. There's all types yes. of people that are way up the food chain. Classic example yes. was the, the, the um, what's the name of the gentleman who they claim killed himself in the, um, in the jail cell? He hung himself or something, but. Um, oh, Epstein. 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 Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. So. So and then you're learning about all of the people who are in his little circle, and um, from princes and royalty and all of this who are in his circle, 
or even um, right. even Weinstein, you know, their little circle where right. they had all of these actresses and people. Um, there was a movie out many, many years ago. It's girl, she wanted to make it, right. and she had really sold her soul to the devil to get to where she right. wanted to be. And she was so degraded. And to see this going on, and I know when I was in school, um, for my thesis, I had written on the Me Too movement and the changes that's going on. And, and at the time, my research was done on the Weinstein case because that was still just emerging back then and getting you know right. into full throttle there. And um, how so many, the Me Too movement and, and everything going on there, uh, many states in California was spearheading changing so many um, laws to protect the people who are being victimized by these predatory people who are in positions of power, whether it be in the workplace to Hollywood or wherever. And some other states were um, joining in, but California was really the state that's spearheading the change that is um, trying to sweep across this nation at this point. So, right. But you know what? That so that yeah, and I, I, and you know what the the Weinstein case. I actually watched that. I watched the the court hearings. I watched it on court TV. I recorded it, and I watched it. And then I I would listen to it in my car, um, on Sirius Radio when I was driving because I when when I listened to some of the women, and I believe that that Jeffrey, I believe that Weinstein, he did a lot of stuff. He probably I know he did. When mm-hmm. I listened to the the actual court case of the women that they had up there, it was a lot of reasonable doubt there. I mean, I I I right. I know he did a lot, but when I listened to that, I was like, well, wait a minute. Um, some of these women, they they if they if they were raped, and I'm, I'm just and I'm just thinking like if it's me and someone rapes me, am I gonna stay in contact with them for eight to ten years and and asking them, telling them I'm coming to town and do I want to have lunch with them and I'm texting them, and I don't know if I would be doing all that. I, 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 it kind of threw me off, like right. the way they For were some. interacting with him. When, when, and these are just the women that was in the case. So I don't, I don't. It was like right. three or four of them. So it, it threw right. me off. But for some, so. it's the Stockholm syndrome. Um, for others, uh, even we can take it a step further and talk about the right. Cosby case. You know, where it came out that some people would just point blank, lying. And for me, one of the things that I always say on my programs is that someone who has been raped, someone who has been abused, both through childhood and adult life, and I'm like, I'm not jumping on every so-called victim's bandwagon because there is reasonable doubt. And me being, having, you know, uh, my profession is in law. So, again, I tend to see through. Um, um, the the doubt. I tend to question what some people are claiming. And some people think that we're all women, we're supposed to stick together and we're all abused and we're all, no, 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 no. I always say sometimes I have to take that back step and say, yes, I was abused. Yes, I was um, abused in the most heinous ways, but I'm not going to jump on every fellow sister's bandwagon um, because, and, you know, again, what's really going on here? What really happened? You know, yep. my question to so many people would be, and this is me talking to you as someone who's looking forward to listening to your program, is that 
hey, I would right. call in and ask the hard questions and be like, wait a minute, that's not making any sense. Exactly you know, right. Um, um, and I get this, and this, you know, some people do. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say just that, that case, it just, it just threw me off because in listening to all the stuff when the Me Too movement, when all, this, when all that was coming out, I was like, oh, man, he's a, he's a horrible person, and he did this to all these people. But then even, like, right after it came out, and I listened to some of the actresses who talked about their encounters with Jeffrey Weinstein. Like, one actress, she came out, and she said, well, I went to um, – he invited me to his house. First of all, if we're talking about a script, why am I going to your house and not to your office? I don't, I don't understand that. I don't get that. But anyway, she, I, I went to his house, and he offers me a massage. But instead of te- um, letting him massage me, I just said, hey, I'll give you the massage, okay? So how is that harassing you, really? You, I mean, you, you, you were there. You had the option to leave, so why didn't you leave? Why would you say I'll give you a massage instead? Considering you're not that close to him, you're not friends like that, you don't right. that type of a relationship. But it comes down to, you know, asking those hard questions like, so you're telling me that he invited you to his house, but you want to think, why would I go there instead of to your office if we're talking about a script? Then he says, you know, let me give you a massage, which is inappropriate for someone who you're supposed to be there on a professional level. And then you say, well, I'll give you one. And then next thing you know, you're sitting here and he's aroused and you're standing there saying what? Oh, I'm so, uh, you know, I didn't feel comfortable. Then why didn't you grab your, your bags and things and you leave? This is just an example, people, of questions that um, could be on the forefront of some people's minds because a lot of the things, I think my thesis was something to that effect that, um a lot of people with the Me Too movement, a lot of people are still questioning the validity of the so-called um, allegations from the people who were victimized. And, you know, when I did my research, oh, my gosh, it was just so much, so many things that we don't even hear about a see on the media that very notable people have been involved in that we actually know nothing about. Because yeah. people spent obviously great money to keep it hidden under the rug. So again, yeah. what's really going on here, people? Money talks and BS walks. You know, yeah. Because yeah, just yeah, so yeah. Much. And and you had you had and I think about it when I'm I'm thinking about this is something that I, I taught in one of my classes. We were talking about Khalif Browder, the young man. I don't know if you know who Khalif Browder is. Khalif Browder is a young man who who was sent off to to Rikers Prison in um, New York, and he spent three years there, and he was in solitary confinement for like 800 days, and um, he, he, was, he was just let go after three years. He, wasn't, he, he was never given a speedy trial or any of this, and he, he basically went crazy. He went insane when he was in prison. He got out. Um, he did start going to college. He was doing well, but he, he would have these episodes. He, would, he was very paranoid. He he got he, they diagnosed him with schizophrenia and all these things. He ends up committing suicide. So he was a young man. He was 16. They sent him to prison. Um, he did time, and it's it's a it's a 
it, you can probably find the documentary on Netflix or something like that, but it's a really good story. But anyway, this high-profile lawyer, I think he was a billionaire, millionaire, he was arrested for actually raping uh, his maid, right? Do you know he spent one night in jail, and I believe he got off. Um, and like you said, money, if you got a lot of money, a lot of stuff is just swept under the rug and you never hear about it again. You know what I mean? Um, and this is one of those cases where, you know, he he was, I, I want to say he was a either a real estate mogul or something like that. But because he had money, you know, I, I, I don't even think I ever heard of his case again. But he raped his maid and he paid big money, had some lawyers or whatever, and he got off somehow. And it's just crazy to me. Yeah. And again, going across the the oceans, you know, there was the woman who was beheaded a couple months ago um, because she was raped by her her boss, and she fought back, and she lost her life because she fought back. And even in this country, there are some places where Maryland alone had laws on the books that um, a few months ago, not that long ago, they were bringing it up to change it because if, Someone is raping you and say you're unconscious. The law stated that if you don't fight back the person, it wasn't rape. But how can you fight back if you're unconscious? And in this, this country right here, there are so many archaic laws on the books and the way that they're written, there are more perpetrators who are being allowed to walk because of the law that we need to be more vigilant. We need to do our research and be educated on what the laws are in our states. And some people is, if you start to fight, but then you get tired or you're overpowered and you don't fight until the bitter end, meaning when they're done with you, it's still not right. These are all of the things that people don't know. And so many women or men are who have been victimized in such a way, they walk out of court wondering what the hell just happened. Right. But it's because of the way that the laws are written in this country. And there are some states where these laws are still on the books where they are so impossible for the person being victimized to be able to win their case. Their perpetrators walk, and what happens when perpetrators like that get away with it? They are more than likely going to attempt to do it again and again and again because they know yeah. that they can get away with it. Yeah. And, these, you know, it's, so a, it's it, a... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no. I was going to say it's Go a ahead. trial. It's a, tr- it's a trial right now going on. What's the young I know his name is His last name is Winslow. Um, it's it's a rape it's a rape case. Um, he was an NFL player. I, I want to say he's 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 not playing now, but he's still a pretty young young guy. I think he's maybe in his uh, early thirties. Um, I can't think of his first name, but I was watching his trial also, and five women have accused him of rape. But it's very important to listen to both sides of these stories because these women. Um, some of them, like one woman, she was like, I haven't had a drink in 30 years. But then when they went back and looked, she had been arrested like six times in the last four years for being intoxicated in the public. 
So it, it's just, it, it was just, I don't know. I've seen some of them, some, some of them I think they were actually raped. Um, but they just weren't truthful in, in everything they said. And, and it's like they, they pick everything apart. So it is hard for them. Even if they, they did get action, they actually got raped. It, it seems really hard for them the way um, the cases are being presented and the laws and then how they break it down, it was like, well, he can be charged on this, this, and this, but not this. And if you charge him on count three, four, and five, then he won't be charged. With it. It's just really weird, too. It would be confusing to me as a juror to be able to do my job because the laws are so weird. It's just it's it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I, I didn't understand. I, don't, I still don't understand that case. I'm, it's still going on, I think, but I don't understand it. And that's that's one of the things that um, fascinates me, as well as it does um, disappoints me about our legal system here, is that it doesn't come down to right or wrong. It comes down to who has the best argument and attorneys, of course, to um, help their clients win the cases. And that is the way that it works in this country many times. Um, there's this thing called stare decisis, which means that cases are based on prior cases with very similar um, fact patterns and things of that nature. Um, If a case goes on and it's very similar to prior cases, the judge is going to look and see, well, this is how this was done, and then the representatives need to understand that, well, darn, every other case they ruled for the defendant. They're going to have to step up their game and come with the proper um, presentation in order for them to win that case for their clients because it's just the way it is in our legal system in the United States that, hey, you know, the last 27 cases all ruled for the defendant, and your case is very similar, so the odds are against the plaintiff that their case will be ruled any differently. So they have to know who they have representing them, and what the game plan is going to be. And so many times the client tends to put all of their faith into the attorney without asking questions, and that's one of the things that I do. I didn't want to practice in a courtroom. I wanted to be that advocate on the other end to make sure that the attorney is giving their clients what they're paying for because, you know, attorneys charge an arm and a leg, and some of them really don't put a lot of effort into what's going on with their clients. Again, what's really going on here? So I was, as, as we've been talking, I was sitting down and I'm thinking, wow, her show is going to be controversial, progressive, aggressive, enlightening, and educational. And it's just going to be, gosh, so many ways that you can, you know, put, shed that light on what's going on. And yeah, because it's, it's so many unanswered questions and things going on out here in the world today, and we got. I mean, it's. I, I know. I, I have so many questions. Just, just every day. Just, I always have a question about. Oh, that doesn't make sense. We need to talk about that. What's, what's happening here? Right. And wow, I'm so looking forward to hearing uh, how your show is going to. Um, progress and how it's going to evolve, because this is this is called like an evolutionary um, process here now. 
because you can go in so many different directions and bring so much to the light that's been seething in the darkness for so long and telling us about this, this person who committed suicide. And I'm like, who was this? Hmm, have I heard about this? You know, what's oh, going yeah. on? Again, what's going on? And I love yeah. it because it's and like, Khalif, what is going Khalif on? Browder. I think um, I have talked about that to um, and because it happened back in 2016, it's a six-part documentary, uh, and guess what? It was a Weinstein Company film, actually. Jay Z produced it. It's a, it's, it's so, it's really, really good. It's really, really good. Mm. That in itself is a story within itself. It's like, hmm, <laughs> yeah, amazing, yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah, yep. it's amazing how people who are guilty of sin can be the ones that do all of these shows and programs. And you ever notice, um, before we go, and this is probably a topic for another day for your program, how many people, especially in Congress, I, 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 not Congress, but the government, where they talk out against gays and they, or these ministers, gay this and gay this and bad, and then a few weeks later, lo and behold, they're caught up in the same type of actions that they are speaking out against and trying to make other people hate. Well, lo and behold, they got caught doing the same thing in a hotel room with someone of the same sex or doing the same thing oh. they have been preaching about. Yes. And and I think, I, and I know what you're talking about, right? Is that, uh, it's a guy, the guy who was running for governor here um, in Florida, uh, Andrew Gilliam. Uh, you heard about that. Yeah, I wasn't talking about him per se. But that it, was yeah, a different Yeah, but him. <laughs> um but I'm talking about people prior to him cuz that that right. in itself. That was a sad. It was like, okay, this maybe this is a joke because I just spoke with someone about him in particular a couple days ago. I said, "What if he had one? This man has a lot of demons." And he had such promise, but it just goes to show you this knows no ethnic group, no social ethnic, economic group, no ethnicity. He put on a wonderful, good face. And it was all of this. This wasn't his first incident. So this has been going on behind the scenes for some time. And for that to happen, it's like, brother, first of all, you should have known, and I thought that they handled it quite well. They didn't jump all over it like these little hate mongers could have. But right, they did. These, th- these are things where you know, and that in itself was like, hmm, that's interesting. They didn't jump on this like, you know, you would have expected them to do with all that's going on in this country. But going back to him and him alone, brother, you were sitting up there running one hell of a script on the people, living one heck of a lie. You have issues yeah. that needed to be addressed before you even attempted to go out there, and what would have happened had he been elected? Yeah. What would have happened? And you know what? When you think about it, too, you know, it, it, it it's funny. Had he not got, and I always think this, if these people don't get caught up, and what they're doing, it's going to continue on until they, right. you know what I mean? It would have, it would have continued on. And he was like, oh, I was going to a wedding. Okay, but you were going to a wedding in Miami. How do you end up in a hotel room with a, with a male escort 
How how does that happen? You never but show a up to that wedding you were supposed to officiate. Right. But he knew that escort. The escort said that wasn't their first hookup. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay. And drugs. Let's not forget the drugs. So yeah. And so what was he what was he in the, the restroom? He talking about, oh, I was just drunk. No, you took some or whatever that man took that was passed out on that bed. And now he's going he's in rehab for alcoholism. Okay. We're gonna go with that. But they didn't really mm-hmm. jump. They didn't really jump over, jump all over that, like you said, which was surprising. But I guess because we have so many other things going on right now, they can't focus too much on that. And and who's to say that behind the scenes they're not still secretly investigating him, and rightfully so at this point, because, yeah. sir, you have created one of the biggest cardinal sins that we as a people. We can't do what others can get away with for years and decades at a time. That will come back to bite you in the behind. And like you said, had he not been caught, he would still be living the lie. And I'm like, you have a family. You have small children. What in God's green earth are you thinking? And now you're in rehab for alcoholism. What does that have to do with the lifestyle you've obviously been living behind the Iron Curtain? And not only that, but the drugs. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Even though I I don't remember whether they said they found any of that in his system or not, but to be in that environment, in that atmosphere, right. sir, you, you know, I just feel so let down by, you know, the beautiful lies. And it's like, yeah. brother, and had he gotten a position that would have been more money for him, more exposure, more opportunities, what would have happened then? Yeah. And it goes so, back to when we get into these lifestyles and on the outside, it's it's something totally different going on behind closed doors. Which the world may never know. But there's always people who are looking. There's always yeah. going to be the opportunist. There's always going to be the opposition. And, I mean, he just opened up the floodgates and said, yep, here's my dirt. Yeah. And now, yeah, and like you said, I'm pretty sure. Had. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's a there's a like you said there's some investigations going on right now. I'm sure into all his his happenings and dealings and traveling and, and all this because if if he's known that guy and then the other thing, the doctor that came into that hotel room, I don't know if you read the whole article, but it was a doctor that was also a friend of theirs. Um, they mm-hmm. used that doctor's credit card to get the hotel room. Uh, he's the one who came to help them out once the guy passed out on the bed. Uh, so it, it's probably been like a, a thing that's been going on a long time, and I'm sure all of them will be investigated. <laughs> Sad but yeah. true. And once that domino effect starts, this is how it goes. So, again, um, I'm looking forward to hearing your program. I'm looking forward to you know, you considering coming under the Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network as a member of our family. Um, And, uh, again, this conversation today has just been so enlightening. And uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners sitting home saying, yep, you're right, you're right, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, they love to talk to, you know, their listening devices. But, um, again, you're going to bring the heat in a most heinous way to all of this. And 
me personally, I'm loving it and looking forward to it. And, you know, my listeners are probably like, well, if C. Maria says it, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, you all, I promised you we're going to evolve and we're going to take you to places that people aren't comfortable being. And as you can see, we show no shame. We'll talk about people who are brown as much as we will people who are not brown and people who That's are right. from other countries. doesn't matter. We're going to bring the heat. And some people, if you don't like this kitchen, you might want to stay out of it because we promise you some folks are going to get burned. And the heat is going to be too much for them. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Best of everything on your new endeavor. Um, I just know that you're going to be there to ask the hard questions and um it appears that you're going to be doing your research and your homework beforehand and know that you have yeah. a whole staff that can also help you with that research and some some um, commentaries and things of that nature. So you won't be alone in this, this traveling journey. And um, wow, people, just get ready for the heat because it's coming. It could be the dead of winter, yes, but you're gonna be, you're gonna be warm as all get out, people. At this point, so we have about two minutes left in our program. So, girl, thank you so much for being here and sharing this. So, just remember, people, what's really going on with CMO. You're gonna see more information. You're gonna see more education. <laughs> You're gonna see more truth. And uh, me, I love to do acronyms and things to make it seem even more. But yeah, you're gonna find out what's really going on with Seymour, aka Mo. So you're going to see more of her, and you're going to get more information than we're getting right now. Um, this has been fun. And like I said, I told yeah, you, I know you, said, you know, you just make it a half an hour. I said, trust me, an hour is going to go by really quickly. So, again, and you can did. put that content. <laughs> so, you know, I'm here to help. And um, for everybody, hey, enjoy your Palm Sunday. We're going to make it through this pandemic and beyond, and other things are going to be coming our way. But guess what? You have shows like this coming along that's going to help you be more prepared and you're going to know what to look out for and what to plan for. And you're going to have a voice that um, I'm not seeing right now in so many different venues. So good luck with that. I just got the 90-second um, window. So uh, as okay. we begin, we're going to end with the, the, the title of the song is Where I Want to Go. And my good friend, I called her Lady Cassandra. She dedicated this to me and my my programs years ago. And um, that's it for today. Be well, be blessed, everyone. Enjoy your Palm Sunday. I pray that you enough of whatever it is that you need to face whatever's coming your way from this very moment and beyond. So beyond, uh, on behalf of CMO and myself, we want to wish you a wonderful, wonderful day. Since I will talk to you over on the other side. Let me know your Thank feelings, you so and um, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great Palm Sunday. <laughs>